folks. XQ quality, better than HQ, but no one knows what the X stands for, except we're extremely good. <clears throat> Here we go. Welcome to episode 253 of Channel Massive. Are you wow. ready, Mark? You excited? I am. I it's am. such a, a key episode in the history of all of our episodes. It is. I just took a drink of my Coke. <laughs> enough fuel to make it through another five minutes. As long as yeah, we keep this yeah. short, should Me be too. Fine. Thank yeah. you for giving me your last Coke. That was mm. a, a true honor. No problem. You're a true patriot. So <laughs> you should have it. We had to spend a little extra time, listeners, putting the show notes together because of a number of things. This is our first episode talking about our latest MMO tour, Dungeons & Dragons Online, and also our first episode in six months to reintroduce general news discussion so that now for all of our listeners... Let's say you don't want to hear us talk about Dungeons and Dragons online. You'll have some new stuff. Yeah, and we'll put it in front of DDO. So. And let's say you don't want to hear about news. We also still have our awesome game adventures that we have yeah. on Monday, ga- Monday game night with to ca- talk about. With occasional outtakes of people acting poorly, <laughs> yeah. misbehaving. Making bad decisions. Yeah, making bad decisions, as we <laughs> tell our children. That's what I, my wife and I always say. That was a bad decision, wasn't it? Yes. Yes, it was. <laughs> anyway, pretty excited to kind of give the format a little, a little tweak and a brush up. Go. Yeah, we're always trying to improve here. So for this episode, what you heard first, we'll tell you what happened last week, so you can get be briefly caught up with what's going on here in Channel Massive. Last week at Channel Massive, and then we will get into our nostalgic news section. Yeah, our welcome, our, our get into our re-entry into news discussion and then we have lots of monday game night stories to tell you and then we even have an email and our listener feedback and then after the very end we'll prep you on what's going to happen next week what we're planning on talking about next week where to stay tuned to hear more details yeah or to if you want to join us in game yeah as always please let us know what you think let us know what you think about the addition of news in this episode if you have any comments on our Dungeons and Dragons online adventures any of that stuff send it into mail M-A-I-L. at channelmassive.com also please review us on iTunes if you're enjoying how things are going if you think we're providing some good entertainment let us know and let your friends and other people know on iTunes so that we can get more people joining more people the mix is better you can also follow us on Twitter our official Twitter is at channelmassive my personal Twitter is at this is Noah and Mark's is at CO Markham and our Facebook page if you like Facebook, we'll provide you an update the moment that we have a new episode posted. So there are plenty of ways to stay up to date on the goings oh, on absolutely. Channel Massive. First up, what happened last week on Channel Massive? Well, it was our last night after two months in Star Wars The Old Republic. We had all the Scots with us, military Scott, Southern Scott, Hilgi Scott, as well as Ekamemnon. Yep. And, of course, Mark and I. And it was our... We'd spent 
several weeks going through flashpoints, which are the equivalent of World of Warcraft instances, if you're more familiar with that terminology. Yeah, exactly. And we decided for our last evening, let's not bother with another struggle through a flashpoint where we have to rely upon whoever is the highest level. Let's just do PvP. Hunt down the Sith, really take advantage of being on this PvP server. Yeah. And it was totally fun. And it was hilarious, so if you missed that one, go back and grab it. Yeah, and I did the outtakes differently in that episode. I basically got 38 different outtakes that I strung together to kind of create a Reader's Digest version of yeah. our entire Monday Game Night session. And it's all at the very end of the show rather than spliced in here and there during the episode. And I'd really like to know what you listeners out there thought of that. Do you like that better than having stuff integrated into the middle of the show? It's an audio montage. It is. <laughs> it is. It's a montage. Montage. So let us know if you like one version better than the other, or if you don't like outtakes at all, that's totally fair too. Just let us know what your opinion is. Do you have a preference or a favorite? Yeah. We'd love to know. And also in wrapping up last week's game night and last week's episode, we knew that we were going to be transitioning to Dungeons and Dragons online and adding news to the show format, which is actually what we're going to get into next. That's right. So this won't be the traditional intro-geddon where we have like a dozen stories that we try to plow through. No, we've tried to pick a few that are actually relevant. That was that was difficult. And then we tried to well, get... we had to pick our three favorites. Things that we felt relevant. passionate about yeah. and such. Something that we just found out about, now this is going to be several days ago for you if you're listening to us on Monday. Uh, Neverwinter, the new MMO that's free to play, finally got its launch date and it's going to be on June 20th which is a lot sooner than I expected I thought it might be July or yeah August. right around the corner um, I'm excited to see what they do with it you know I, yeah. I really love Neverwinter Nights and I like the idea of being able to make your own little modules and stuff um, and hopefully there'll be more character classes to play and I, I haven't really yeah. followed it very closely but I do have some excitement for it yeah based on our closed beta experience from a couple months ago with Eric what I really liked about it was that it had really great graphics, very nice design, and it was much more arcade feel, I guess, in terms of the action, since you could only have two or three powers max yeah. that you used. It was it could be controlled almost strictly via WASD keys and the mouse. So there's potential there, and, and I, the reason why I wanted to make sure we mention it here, well, there's two. First of all, it might be a game that we play either as another side quest or we actually do a full-on tour True. in it. And second of all, I really like that Cryptic claimed that it's the most anticipated MMO of 2013. A lot of people, like, glommed onto that one. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's because I can think of at least one that I'm pretty sure is launching this year, Firefall, which I'm sure has a much more rabid player base after years of beta. And there's that other little one. Yeah. If yeah. Wildstar comes out this year, it easily trumps all of them. Well, yeah. I don't know if it'll trump Firefall's rabid community. Yeah. But I know that Wildstar is the top of w my list. Wildstar, visually, if you haven't seen it, looks like WoW and, and uh, Star Wars Old Republic had um, sex with each other and produced some kind of super-powered offspring. <laughs> yeah. It's just got, like, all the good, all, like, the good flashy art. You know, great content look. I don't know how to describe it. It just looks well, it's really... Got, 
lots. It's got you have your own ship. Yeah, I you mean, have cool PvP this... modes that are like base defense and stuff like that. Yeah, and blow stuff up, builds builds cities. I don't remember all the stuff it had, but it cool character. I mean, it's just like everything that you would want on a checklist. Yeah, it seems potentially. Yeah, was there where there was existing functionality or new things that you haven't seen in a lot of MMOs? They're all there now. Whether they're actually executed to a, a nice degree. B for inventory. It's probably just awesome. <laughs> it remains to be seen if it's as great as our hype is, but yeah. we are both really, really excited about that game. Yeah. But not to... Neverwinter's coming first, so who knows? Maybe that'll get our attention first. It is, I would say, the most hyped, or uh, most anticipated game of 2013 by those working cryptic. Yes. So it's not officially, you know, untrue. It's just... Yeah, there are quali- some people. It's qualified, a qualified yeah. statement. So that was a little bit of a, a side story. Then we have two other things that we yeah. wanted to talk about. That, that we actually do care about. <laughs> we care about Neverwinter. Uh, you brought it up. <laughs> you just keep beating them up. You're you're still holding on to that anger about City of Heroes being gone. Even though it's not Cryptic's fault that they're gone, I'm still upset with them for it. By association. <laughs> yeah. And, well, also Champions Online in my lifetime subscription. And don't forget that is Star Trek Online. And yeah, at least I didn't go lifetime on that. But uh, you could I have. It. I could easily have done it, but I bought it. So, um, but no, um, Amazon is launching their own indie game store. It's actually you can go check it out now, and it's the traditional Amazon format. It doesn't, it doesn't quite turn dark and look exactly like Steam like I thought it would. <laughs> um, <laughs> or, if only it would. It'd be uh, way cooler. If it was just Steam. But, um, yeah, it's an interesting story just because, well, there's Steam, which already kind of fills that niche yeah. for PC and, um, you know, X, Xbox, uh, you know, the like the live store has lots of good stuff, too, from indies, yeah. indie publishers. Mm-hmm. And apparently, you know, PS3 is doing that as the well. PlayStation Network has some awesome exclusives. Good Old Games has not only old stuff, but they have some bundles and some indie stuff, yeah. too. Nobody, I think, does it as well as steam you know they've got the green light program no. they've i mean they're the ones the indies the are targeting right yeah it's curious you didn't mention ea's origin in there yeah i sure didn't yeah <laughs> yeah that'd be because i didn't buy it but uh, i buy into it but um yeah. but yeah so it's funny because okay they've they're launching their own indie game store and i was i was reading a story about it um uh, I can't. I think I found it on Slashdot, and it, and it ended up on the next web. But one of the com- the first commenter I saw that had an interesting comment because I always like to read the comments when these oh, stories. Oh yeah, definitely. Me you too. just there's just gems, right? And this guy says, "Well, that's great. It's I'm looking at the indie game store now, and the first four games listed are published published by Microsoft, Sega, and Warner Brothers. So." Yay for those indie games. Yeah. <laughs> now, of course, that's published, so it could still be an indie developer, but it's not, you know, they're not self-published or anything no, like that. Not. Unless we could say Microsoft's an indie game developer, but I, I, I kind of have trouble yeah, with stretch. that. Yeah, a bit of a stretch. Um, the pricing is just like what you see on, on good old games or Steam. There are um, some really sweet bundles. I mean, yeah. for 10 bucks, you can get some really recent top-shelf indie games, whether it's... Uh, Little Inferno, I think the Bit Trip games are all bundled up together. There's something as I feel like as fresh or as recent as Monaco, but maybe not necessarily Monaco is in there. Yeah. But there's some really great deals for games that might cost five or six bucks regularly on Steam. 
Yeah, and that's one thing that's interesting is that the main features that they pointed out are indie bundles, which you just kind of gave great explanation for, gifts with purchase, which means as you start to buy titles, it starts to arbitrarily gift you. Oh yeah, that's right. Each week there's a different yeah one or one to x number of games you'll get for free just by buying a single title. Yeah, so you get these. I thought at first they just meant you could gift games to people, but this is you. You actually get gifts for purchasing stuff. It's like that's a cash really back cool. reward, sort of. Except it's actually games, not cash. But um, then they have an indie spotlight where they go and pick you know some indie um, developers and talk about them and give you do details on them, do interview the full thing. So they've yeah. got some community direction kind of going there that's kind of cool and then finally they've got this gamers choice thing where they let you vote um, between uh, two games to figure out which one's the gamers choice for the week or month or whatever the period is I didn't catch that gets you get some to vote and feel like you're part of something I wonder if that's similar to Steam where they allow people to vote on what the next discounted game's going to be oh maybe yeah or, or like the green light thing too, games. or whatever. Yeah, and that also has a community yeah. voice aspect. So, it seems like they are trying to follow in the footsteps of greatness and implement similar features on one of the best online game stores out there. But what I think is really weird about it is that everything—well, not everything—I shouldn't say a blanket statement like that—but almost all the games that I checked, they're on the product on the game feature page. It says DRM colon Steam. Which so, means they're selling, I think, Steam, Steam IDs. Keys. So, yeah, so, I mean, when I first heard about this, I thought, oh, no, what does this mean for Steam, you know? Is this, is this going to be like what Amazon was to, you know, big box stores and um, bookstores yeah. initially? Is yeah. it going to crush, destroy? Like, you can't really think of Steam as something that's just on a, you know, poised precariously to be, you know, unseated <laughs> by somebody. They're They're pretty much the number one yeah yeah you know they're there for a reason and they and as far as indie cred goes they've done everything they can seemingly to help indie games you know thrive and they are and they've built a whole part of their offering around it so i was like what does this mean for steam and then you pointed out that well you're getting steam keys so then you're thinking is there a partnership there there's got to be some kind of a partnership at any level just to get the steam keys but, you know, it's like, wow, is it some kind of, if, like, I mean, how deep is the partnership? And I couldn't find any news on it. So I wonder, you know, what they have going on there. Like, are, you yeah, know, especially if they're selling Steam keys at a discount that may be different than the games or the bundles that are provided on Steam itself. Right, right. You know, what's that mean um, to the to the developers? You know, there's some weird rules with when you put your when you make your game available for a different platform, for instance, we saw this with the, uh, the, um, was it the Kindle? They had some really weird rules for their, the, the, the Android based one, basically. Okay. Where you could get an Android game listed there, but the way they had their rules written, if, if it was ever sold at a super low price, they could always resell it at that super low price. Oh, at their discretion. Yeah, at their discretion. Oh, that's and lame. there were actually, you know, developers who were getting crushed because they built some infrastructure to support a game that they thought would ramp up with purchases. Oh, yeah. Remember that? And then yeah. they got just crushed because they sold it for, like, a dollar or something and or, you know, made it available for free somehow or something. So there was, like, you know, 
10 or 20 times the load on the, the infrastructure that they thought they would have and they couldn't anticipate that and they were already underwater on it and so you know that was an Amazon thing too so you wonder you know if you sign on for this um, and it doesn't just come up as something provided by Steam how does that work it's going to be interesting to see how this does yeah and I was curious if maybe this was a first step just setting the groundwork for Amazon having its own keys for the software but yeah. since they couldn't just build that up out of nowhere they started with the leader in the right digital sales industry and said hey we'll resell your stuff oh, yeah. for now we've seen that before where then you start to get you know make you get momentum and you get some uh, you know a base a user base and then you eventually start to just go oh, now we've got our own distribution network because if anyone could mm -hmm. It would be Amazon because they yeah. have their their whole cloud computing offering. It's kind of a Walmart effect, essentially. Yeah, I mean they they can provide themselves with all the infrastructure they need for a massive distribution network. Yeah, I mean, they Netflix runs on their cloud offering, so mm -hmm. I mean they they're yeah. <laughs> so it's just it's really kind of interesting, mind-boggling in a way. Like I just don't see the yeah. value added going there. Except, as you said, they've got some indie, cool cool new rebundling of indie games that might be compelling. Yeah. Um, I, it's just, it's really an interesting story. And it'll be cool to watch and see how it goes if people, you know, gravitate towards it away from Steam. But it's still Steam Key, so it still brings you back to Steam because that's how you have to, what you have to have installed to, you know, fire up the game. I just don't know. It's a weird circular relationship right now. It's not yeah. clean because of that. yeah. And it's just, we'll have to see how it shakes out. If there are any of you out there, listeners, who have actually tried this, maybe you purchased one of the bundles. Yeah, how did it go? Yeah, give us some background on what your experience was like and if you think it was worthwhile or if you're just going to stick with Steam and yeah. occasionally look at Amazon to see, if, well, is there a cheaper price for this game right. than on Steam? Now I'm wondering, as, a, as an Amazon Prime uh, member, will I get free shipping on a digital download? <laughs> I love Amazon Prime, but I don't think it's that magical. Yeah, I don't think it can, I don't think it can defy uh, all the laws of physics. Reverse the economics of a shipping yeah. fee and somehow benefit you in the cost of the game. Yeah, pay for my Comcast subscription for the month. <laughs> now that would be sweet. Or, yeah, that would be cool. The other story that we wanted to talk about that I chose, and I, we'd, we'd be totally remiss, and it's the perfect time for us to reintroduce news, is that E3 is next week, and it's not just any old E3. It is a very significant E3 in that Nintendo needs to justify Wii U and make that system look relevant or else it's going to get swamped. Yeah. They, they turned this, their fortunes around for 3DS last year largely in, in thanks to an $80 price cut on the system and then actually getting some really kickback games out. Will Wii U have the same strategy put towards it? We already know that there's going to be a lot of first-party titles shown, probably the new... 3D Super Mario game, a Mario Kart game, Smash Brothers, all stuff that people are excited about. Yeah. But they're not doing it via press conference, whereas Microsoft and Sony will be having huge press conferences, and they are going to be trying to convince the world that their respective new machines that are launching this holiday are worth purchasing. When for, for some perspective on that, it was interesting. I was listening to an indie game developer podcast today, and I was telling Noah about this, and they were covering um, 2012's E3, yeah. I just started to download this podcast and just so happened to get the last one they ever did, which was <laughs> E3 2012. Apparently changed their minds about a lot of things. But <laughs> it was really funny because they were at E3 and they were 
saying it was kind of flat and they were like why is you know the 2012 one you know why is it kind of not as exciting as it has been and they were all trying to figure it out and finally some guy goes well you know both of the consoles are kind of at end of life this is the exactly. last batch of games coming out we're not seeing anything new or innovative or anything like that exactly. it's kind of tired um, and they were like, any other year of E3 would have been better than this one to come here. Yep. Um, but, you know, they were, and they were like, you know, we just really can't undersell this one. It's just not, yeah. Yeah. So, so that was kind of interesting because this should be the exact opposite. I mean, two new consoles yeah. coming out, we use kind of getting its legs. Um, so it'll be kind of cool to see what, what is revealed and to see especially what Sony and Microsoft have to pull pull out of their magical hats. Yeah, I totally agree. Sony has gone on the record saying that their system is first and foremost focused on being a games machine, while Microsoft's initial reveal of their system, which actually showed hardware, whereas Sony's, we still don't know what the PS4 looks like. <laughs> um, Microsoft went the other direction and focused on all sorts of utilities and bonus features that the Xbox One well, will have. It basically... Is is the home entertainment system short of actually yeah. recording TV shows? It's your cable box. It's it manages your fantasy football. You can do Skype calls on it. You can multitask all of that with did, video. Did games. we mention you can look up your fantasy football scores? Yeah. <laughs> and also you can look at your fantasy football scores. And it's going to be the impressive. Halo television series. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I have a new smart TV that does like all of those features that it's going to offer. Yeah. So I'm having trouble being excited about that. What I would really like is for the, um, you know, the new games to actually have some horsepower. And there's been some really crazy claims too about it that they're saying because they're leveraging ca cloud computing, it's going to be four times more powerful than it would be if it was just the hardware sitting. Interesting. On. And so they're sort of saying that there's like all of this horsepower in the cloud that's going to somehow supplement what you're actually experiencing when you're playing these games, which sounds kind of like mumbo-jumbo to me. Yeah, I think that's a little pie in the sky. I mean, Sony did buy Gaikai. Right. And they at least have streaming gameplay. Yeah. And so they could do some stuff in the cloud. And Microsoft made some vague statements about how the power of Xbox One will be unlimited in a way because it can harness cloud stuff. But I don't think... At the get-go, we're really going to see either system do a lot with cloud computing because they've got so many other priorities just to get the basics down and get the systems launched. Oh, yeah, just to get the developers to be able to help, you know, get stuff launched on that platform. That's yeah. going to be tough. Now, you know, I'm always wrong about this every time I've been wrong. Like I said, there's no way that, like, Gaikai would work. What was the other one? Um, on Live. On Live. It's like there's no way... I always poo-poo the, the cloud computing thing, but I still feel that the infrastructure in the States is not quite ready for yeah. that. You know, that, that's a, there's a great tangent to that. Microsoft is finally, after like a good week or so, doing a little bit of damage control regarding all of these rumors, contradictory statements, and unanswered questions that have resulted from the initial reveal of Xbox One related to stuff such as privacy, online connections, used games, lending games to people, uh, whether you have to install everything or not. Yeah. One of the statements that they made was that all, while the system will require an online check-in once a day every 24 hours or 
once an hour if you're trying to access and play one of your games via someone else's Xbox One. Uh, the You only need a 1.5 megabits per second connection. And the global average, by the way, according to Microsoft, is 2.9. So therefore, everybody should be fine. Wow. But it's so ridiculous because that is not universally true. I mean, there wouldn't even be an average brought up if there weren't wild variations in how the, the connection speeds people have from one town to the next, let right. alone one neighborhood to the next. Yeah. Oh, it's all over the place. And so if there's some kind of compromise of their online service, like has happened with Sony yep. or even with Blizzard, then boom, your Xbox is bricked if it can't do its daily check-in. Yeah. I, I so think... there's like a lot of bad mojo going on there. And so I think both Microsoft really wants to, they've canceled their post-press conference uh, Q&A session with the press. They've canceled interviews. I saw on Twitter today, they're not doing any interviews either. And I think it's because there's still a lot of people who are angry or concerned or apprehensive about yeah. what Xbox One's going to do. And I think Microsoft's going to be all, all right, games, games, games. Look at all these cool games. We have 15 exclusives. Eight of them are brand new IPs. We hope you really like these and we're out. Yeah. Total damage control. And Sony needs to do the same thing because they revealed, they showed a, a couple, like two or three games, but the new IP knack looked stupid and then there's some kind of car fetishists game, and then there's stuff that's going to be in both systems, whether it's Call of Duty oh, or yeah. Bungie's Destiny, and not to mention uh, I f I feel like they're, other stuff like that. They're both spending so much time figuring out how to you know, recoup um, money that they feel is lost by the secondhand game industry, that they're not focusing on making these platforms you know, something that you would want to have yeah. to play really good, cool new games. I mean, they, they're they they're almost more vague about the the real features and what it'll do, like saying the cloud will make it four times more powerful <laughs> than it needs to be. Um, they're so focused on that that, you know, I, I just can't get excited about them. And, and then we don't really know what the price point's going to be exactly yeah, yet. Yeah, and I don't think that's going to be sold at E3. I can't think of nah, no. an E3 where... A platform producer has said, and the system's launching at XRs. They always wait until like two or three months before. I know a lot of the industry analysts are saying that they won't subsidize initially, that they will be like, you know, $400, 350 yeah. And I think they should. I think one of them should subsidize, especially if they've, if they're in inevitably going to lock down the secondhand game sale market anyway, then yeah. why not? If everybody's always buying new games or if they were able to, you know, make people register with them mm -hmm. um, whenever they don't have a game or all that terrible stuff you're telling me about their Kinect being able to say, you know, you want to watch, you know, Avatar 3D? Well, I'm detecting 10 people in the room, so it's going to be $30, motherfuckers, because, <laughs> you know, you can't just you can't just take advantage of us. You're raping us, you know, for Christ's sake. <laughs> Or they're like, oh, so we noticed that your pulse is quickening and you're getting excited yeah. about this car commercial. So now we're going to be feeding you all sorts of car commercials, even though you're paying a yeah. $10 monthly subscription for our online service. If, if they're going to become an advertising company like Google, then, you know, what the hell? But it's just, it's so laughable, some of those things. It's like, okay, now before we buy this money, I mean, before we spend the money to buy this um, movie, everybody out of the room. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I know, because that's the kind of hijinks that you would be up to. <laughs> well, it's just like sneaking people into the drive-in in the trunk. 
right? And it more. Could you imagine like somebody walks in, like maybe you know your neighbor comes on, like, hey guys, what's Louis? Let's let's it's hang like, out. This stops and, and pops up. like pauses. And like pops up a screen. Who is this person? Is this unknown entity in room? Please, please, you know, deposit fifteen hundred more Xbox Live points, or this movie will be terminated. <laughs> we know what you're doing. You're trying to take advantage of us again. It's just stuff like that. There's, a, and that's got to be why they're in damage control mode. They've said too many things that are too vague or too specific. Yeah. That people put, you know, people are like we're programmed to um, make sense of 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 like facts that are just all over the place. We like to do pattern solving or yeah, problem solving, yeah, pattern yeah. matching, whatever. And and so that's what people do. They're stressed out about these consoles and they're putting it all together and it's not painting a pretty picture of either no. of them. And I'm I'm kind of bummed out because I was looking forward to the next Xbox because I've had such a positive experience with my 360. I mean, commercials aside and an Xbox Live subscription. I like the controller, I like the system, I like a lot of the exclusives. A lot of that has kind of petered out over the last couple of years, yeah. but I have a lot of good memories, and I waited forever to get my PS3, because yeah. I thought I was overpriced and there weren't enough exclusives to justify it. And I can't believe that this generation around, just because of what's happened most recently, between the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One, PlayStation looks more appealing because it doesn't. It's not causing so many questions yeah. and problems in my mind like you're talking about. Oh uh, yeah, and they just they just keep coming up. You know, it's so it'll be really interesting to see uh, if if you're listening to this on Monday. The press conferences are happening today. I'll be excited to find out what type of information we find out from both Sony and Microsoft. Let alone the press the uh, the Nintendo Direct that will occur on Tuesday morning where Nintendo tries to justify the Wii U and get people excited. There's so much cool stuff to talk about. Uh, I don't know if there's any other items that we wanted to touch on about E3. We have like a, a rough little outline of things we could talk through. Yeah, we're wondering what the booth babes will be like this year. Yeah. Who's going to have the most outrageous yep. setup? Who's going to spend the most money, have the biggest party? Type of, type of a thing. And I'm really, I, you know, I'm kind of excited to hear from you, Mark, what your most intriguing game of the show will be next week. After we've seen all the big things. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Titanfall and Destiny and Call of Duty Ghosts and who knows what's from MMOs, What mm. if we'll see anything there. I'm going to be really curious to hear, like, what your number one or your top three oh, yeah, me, most yeah. appealing games are. I'm curious to see what you're thinking, too. Especially and listeners, from your too. Because you do a lot of PC gaming. I do yeah. a lot of console gaming. Yeah, I'm all over the... I'm, like, really happy and comfortable with my PC kind but of centric choice. if there's a Rocksmith choice. sequel that's announced, which could be has been rumored, yeah, that could be up your alley. Yeah. Of course, they launched that eventually for the PC. Oh, that's true. That's true. So you could just get on a PC. Yeah. Um... I do, Not to I mention am. indie titles too. I wonder if any will come out. Unlikely, probably for me three. Yeah, I got that feeling too from the indie guys. They were like, you know, GDC is kind of where they shine. Um, yeah. So E three is really more for AAA stuff and not not Big really. Budgets. They get invited, but they you know they're invited to the party, but it's very clear that they're kind of the ones that should be serving people drinks. <laughs> so um, or cleaning up the mess afterwards. They're yeah. kind of the help, yeah. but. Um, you know, yeah, I'm. I would love to hear if Rock, if the Rocksmith Two rumors are true, because that game, the first one, was really awesome at launch. Oh, Got yeah. better. Has like the base thing now too, so you can 
learn guitar or, ba or bass. And I think you were saying there was an article that said that it's the best way to learn guitar or something. Yeah, there's a study that's been done and it concluded that Rocksmith, out of all the various ways that you could learn how to play guitar, was the best way, most effective way to learn how to play guitar. Now what's funny is that game, by default, it shows the strings upside down to the way you hold the guitar. And they decided after some kind of focus group that that was the way that people would be able to visualize it the best. Is it because you're looking down at the guitar? I have no idea why they did it. I guess if you're looking down at it, it would be the way it looks at the screen. But if you're thinking of it in your with your mind, it's, ups, it's, it's right upside side down. up. Yeah. And so it bugged me, and I went and found this option, and I switched it. And I was talking to these two guys that I work with that play it, and one's an actual guitar player, and the other one's just a gamer who has a guitar. And both of them were like, I tried to play it, and I can't stand it because it's upside down. <laughs> and I'm like, well, did you go and change that option? And they're like, what option? I'm like, the one that makes it the way you see it in your mind. And they were both like, holy crap, no, I didn't know I could do that. <laughs> and then, So then I talked to them again, and they were like, we did it, and it's awesome. Nice. And, and so both of them are really into it now, um, back into it, so to speak, but... It's just interesting that that's like the study group. One guy's a total a total beginner, no experience with the guitar, sort of just having one available, and the other guy's like an actual musician, and both of them couldn't stand it, and I couldn't stand it at all. It was like the first thing I did was, there's got to be an option to flip this. Yeah, that does make sense. It's funny, and your your own focus group disagreed with clearly what was their focus. Yeah, group. so three out of three are like, no, that's really not good. Yeah. Of course, you know, we. Maybe Coloradans have an affinity for thinking, visualizing right better. Yeah. But anyway, really curious to see what they do with that. Yeah. And listeners, by all means, if you have any opinions, conspiracy theories, or what are your favorite moments? They're taking our jobs. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Let us know what you think about, first of all, Neverwinter launching. Are you going to be jumping into that? Second of all, Amazon's indie store. Is that something that's actually interesting to you? Or are you going to stick with Steam? Are you going to try and leverage your Prime membership to download free with free <laughs> yeah. shipping? Two-day download. <laughs> Two, download. Next-day download. <laughs> it would have been instantaneous, but with the Prime, it takes two days. <laughs> Every time. And then the third story that we had in our news was, of course, E3. Yep. What are your reactions to E3? Which platform holder microsoft sony or nintendo or pc do you think had the best show what game is most interesting to you we will follow up on those and talk about those during next week's episode which will also in fact be an episode where we talk about dungeons and dragons online yes that is true that is our new mmo that we started as of this week our current plan the standard plan for channel massive is we tour the most fantastic MMOs out there. <laughs> we try to get ones that are either super popular, like World of Warcraft, or you get into ones that are free to play so that they're yeah. as accessible as possible for those of you out there to join us. That's exactly the aim. Yep. And so as it turns out, we started this latest tour with one of the original AAA MMOs to go free to play Dungeons and Dragons Online. They said it couldn't be done. They I said remember. it would fail. We were, and th that the they was us. And then they were wrong. <laughs> yeah, because we were so skeptical. Like hey, this game didn't catch on. It's not going to catch on, whether it's free or not. People don't want to play it. But you have to compare it to the free-to-play games of the time. Yeah, which were a lot of Asian MMOs that just yeah were very 
hit or miss. Yeah. More on the miss side. Way on the miss. And the microtransaction thing was just not working quite right. Yeah, I don't think people had really adjusted to that type of We were of like, why? I already paid well. for it. I don't want to pay for it again. No, it's yeah. free to play. But it's not free to play because I have to pay to buy the stuff. <laughs> so that was, you Made know. Sense to us and then League the of Legends came out and we so, suddenly we got it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, In the worst way. <laughs> in the worst way. And then we... How much is it costing you to play the free-to-play game? Well, it's been about $500 so far, but it's free-to-play. <laughs> yeah. I, I dread that thought. I've never done it. I bet that I could look at how much money I've spent on League of Legends, oh, but I, I am sure it is well over 100 and maybe it's hundreds of dollars. Yeah, I've had the same checking account forever, um, so if I, I could go and... I don't want to know. Yeah, I don't either. It's like <laughs> I don't want to know how many total days I've played World of Warcraft I need to install Raptor. I need to just finally do that. Just yeah, so Raptor's pretty fun. Track the MMO stuff that I play. It was funny when we were playing DDO. It was a bunch of us who had not played it before, and so Raptor was like, "Oh, you've been passed by Military Scott. Now Military Scott is passed by you. Now you've been passed by." So we were. It was like we were all head to head on our time, and it was listing who was the more advanced player, but by like <laughs> seconds. So that was so it was pretty funny to watch Raptor try and figure that one out. But yeah, Monday night, um, clearly my character was the best character. Uh, not bragging, but without me, you guys. The, the I mean, funny thing was, we, for this one, we decided, unlike Star Wars: The Old Republic, our previous tour, to actually create our characters yeah. all at the same time, so we could talk when the about it started. and make sure yeah. we didn't all have druids or. Or whatever. Yeah, make sure we had a balanced party. Make sure Scott wasn't lo- max level already. Southern Fred <laughs> Scott. So. And the funny thing was, is I truly was expecting you to create some hot red-haired chick. And so for a while, I was kind of like, I'm going to totally make the most brusque version of your chick. <laughs> That's too funny. So that we can have the soft feminine version and then the rough and tumble version at odds. The only thing, but before even that, we decided you were going to be a druid. I knew I was going to be a bard, and everybody else had to figure out on their own what they were going to be. And this game has been out since 2007, I think. Uh-huh. And it looks like it. In my yeah, yeah. It has not aged well. It went for more of the realistic type of look, which was, I'm sure, I remember thinking it looked pretty good at the time, but... That's the fault. I mean, you don't do the cartoony style like World of Warcraft, and you don't do a lot of updates to it. It just looks kind of... Yeah. That's it. There was a lot of flexibility in the character creation, more than I expected. Yeah. In terms of the number of noses I could pick, and eyes, yeah, and there was a styles. Bit more. The hair color, the color collect- selector thing was really weird. Yeah. Because it, it was like a 5 by 20 grid of squares, but you could actually click four different shades in each square and these are like pixel sized clicks that you could do and it's just like it was hard to be specific there but what did you think of the character creation process in general oh it was limited you know it was alright I mean it was kind of esoteric it's like they were trying to ease I felt from a technical perspective they were trying to ease you into the concept of D&D classes yeah as if you didn't know what it was and it's like well do you want to be oh yeah with the five little tabs on the left yeah and it starts out where it doesn't ask you to pick a a class it's like well do you want to be a fighter or a magic user or a specialist whatever the hell that means and then there was something else and I knew I wanted to be a bard which I thought would be a magic user because according to what I'd read in the wiki about it 
bards are casters. Yeah. And they use charisma to cast their stuff. And so I'm like, oh, I want to be a magic user. But bard isn't under that. Bard is under specialist. I'm like, just show me the damn classes. Yeah. And then show me the races. And let's stop with this Enough of the... esoteric mumbo jumbo where you're trying to like ease me into the concepts of it. We can figure it out, right? Yeah. And so I think we took about 10 minutes and I, I went back and forth on whether I was going to make a chick and finally I said I was going to make some really ugly looking dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was funny too because like I did the character creation thing and I was like kind of happy with the way my character looked. And then I got like you're out of the character creation thing and you're in the game and I was like what? Because it just didn't look the same to me. And Really? Yeah and then I, I like started to, I looked around I was like well maybe if I tweak my graphics out and so I started to adjust my graphics I'd add like one or two things under advanced graphics oh. and like the first thing I did was I took the resolution up to from 1620 to 19 2 by um, 12 whatever yeah. and it crashed so then I went back in and I did it again. Fortunately, we were on Skype, you know, so we, we were all talking while I was going on. Got that to go. It finally, and when I came back, it was the right resolution. Then I changed something else and it crashed. And I changed like four things in a row and I was like, yes. And then it crashed. And I, I just kept crashing as I was tweaking out anything for advanced graphics. Um, and I was using DirectX 11 too. Finally, I got it to where after all the tweaking and rebooting the game and stuff, it finally started to look pretty decent for, you know, at uh, least 2008 no standards. Maybe maybe 2009, I don't know. <laughs> but initially, the way the the default resolution that it chose for my card was just not looking good. That's surprising, because I remember glancing at my settings and everything was set at max level or whatever. Huh, I wonder why it did that to me. It, it really... It was weird. It was not max level, not max resolution. It was really limited. But in the end, I think it, it got to where I could actually you know see some details and the shadows were working and there was you know stuff in the distance things were just popping up so so yeah and you you did end up making a a lovely long-haired redhead yep lean and and, and attractive and i made some angry looking dude with squinty eyes and a mohawk (laughs) and a funky bearded goatee type deal oh yeah i forgot his his beard (laughs) his like dread beard or whatever that was and just knowing that I have all of these enthrall spells and everything, and that's how I. Yeah. One of my favorite characters that I played in real D anD D was a bard, and I would just randomly cast fascinate, <laughs> which puts everybody into a trance, including fellow player party. Oh, members. that's awesome! I do it in the middle of a town, <laughs> just somewhere. Dungeon. It's like I just didn't see what care. happens. Just fascinating. Just that's cast all. It. Cast He's it. a fascinating bard. <laughs> <laughs> and just knowing that I could have that kind of power and just be some angry. Uh, neanderthal type dude right just was very appealing (laughs) that's awesome and do you remember what you named your character i cannot remember i'm gonna have to fire up the client i I spent some time thinking about because i'm like well what can i follow up big shooter with and i decided that it was either going to be hummer strummer or hummenstrum hummenstrum (laughs) i went with hummenstrum because that actually was a lot in terms of character length hummer strummer was too long too much too big i made his last name Pluck, plucker pick. Plucker pick. Hummerstrom puck, plucker pick. Hummenstrom plucker pick. That's awesome. Nice little tongue twist of a. Yeah, I can't say it. And then we went through a tutorial that was ex- strangely very similar to Age of Conan. You oh, wash up yeah. on a shipwreck shore. It was just like it, except without the lady spread eagled on the <laughs> That's true. tree thing with the little gold Save with me. the gold disco dress on or yeah. whatever. <laughs> what are Cassandra Castellan? I don't know. Yeah, she wasn't there. 
Yeah, she wasn't there, but there was voice acting. Yeah. And the thing that struck me is I pick, I got a sword. Oh my gosh, the animation is so clunky in this game. It's like he just randomly swings his sword. He could be like two feet away from somebody, and he and he's connecting. Right. It just was super primitive. So it's like I had to get over that really quickly after months of beautiful animation and graphics. Oh yeah. From World of Warcraft to Secret World to Star Wars: The Old Republic. Right. This one was like just several a steps back. A little bit back, yeah. I did like the narration though. That was pretty cool. Yeah, and the, the initial quest, once we got off that beach and got into the cave, we had a whole party grouped up with us, just like we were in a traditional D&D quest. Yep. Each of the characters had voice acting. They were, they were unique roles. So that was pretty cool. So you not only have a, a narrator talking over and describing things, but then the characters in your party are talking too, and you have a thief that has to disable traps. Yeah, and you also you do get occasional dialogue choices too, kind of like a Bioware game, I noticed. Yeah, which was cool. so those were kind of almost that they felt like easter eggs like advanced things that we weren't expecting in the game i was comparing my my growing admiration for the graphics uh, to uh, stockholm syndrome um, <laughs> as we played it seemed to get better and better and i was like now what's happening here because nothing's changing <laughs> except my perception of reality and I um, I just don't know what this means, but it can't be good. So you know, what? I think it kind of reminds me of recently. I found some local Colorado channel on the television that I turn the TV on to when I come to record podcasts, so that my dog Yub Yub has something oh, to yeah. watch. Uh-huh. And they only have three programs that I ever see. They have old Star Trek episodes, Family Feud episodes from from about three years ago. And South Park episodes. Oh my gosh! And then the commercial breaks are usually two or three commercials, and one of them's like a minute to a minute and a half long. They're like mini infomercials wow. about like rich dad seminars or like carpet cleaner sprays. But OxyClean. Yeah, stuff like that. It's, it's actually way more obnoxious than that. Uh, but there's a lot of Star Trek original series episodes. Oh, on. that'd be cool. And it's it's the remastered ones where oh, it's yeah. the space shots of the Enterprise are redone with computer animation and so are the planets. I have never seen one of those. I'd love to check that out sometime. At first I'm like, wow, the graphics look really good because the the start the Enterprise looks kind of plasticky, like a toy. Yeah. And I'm like, that looks like how I remember it. I think I'm like, but that planet has like cloud cover on it and it's rotating and there's continents and oceans. I'm like, how did they do that back then? And then I'm like, oh, wait, this is the stuff that's been remastered. Up. But even that aside, everything else is, you know, it's they're on the 10th planet that looks like the color, the California oh, uh, yeah. desert. Yes. And they have all the cheesy phaser and smoke bombs. But just once you watch it, you just kind of get into it and you don't notice. You don't think about like, man, special effects are so much better now. than. The oh, yeah. Thing. You just get into it. And I think that was what you were experiencing. With Maybe that was it. Yeah, it was funny. And I think you pointed out that. Uh, military Scott and I were were doing our best to. Uh, it know. was so funny. It, every once in a while, like one or the other of you, would be like, "That's really a good. They did a really good job with this. I really <laughs> like this too." And there's this kind of underlying tone of surprise and like shameful compliments. Yeah, like to, to grudging, turn. grudgingly. Yeah. Like, wow, you guys did a good job. Good job. It's good job. Nice work. Like when your when your two year old doesn't pee on you. It's like good job. Good job. But in the game's defense, there actually are really cool things. Like you were talking about, whether 
oh yeah booby traps or that initial tutorial quest with really engaged party members yeah and then after we got through that tutorial we actually all ended up in the same group town well most of us did we'll get to that in a bit but we all got into a group quest together and there weren't any ai people with us it was actually all of us and we all since we planned it that way we each had different roles we're playing our roles Amazingly, I didn't. I thought I would have to do a whole lot more healing, and maybe it's just because it was we're, we're still being you know gently introduced into the difficulty of the game. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have to heal you guys much, really. No, we were either alive or we were dead. Yeah, because <laughs> there were some times where we just flat out died because there was a an oh, ice yeah. mist spraying booby that trap thing was kills evil. you like in one shot if not two. Yeah, I died once from that too. Yeah, yeah. that was like from hell. It was like. You know, everything's pretty much easily surmountable, and then the death, death, the ice mist thing, and we're all gone, so, yeah. I was enjoying my, um, I, I liked the mechanics of my, um, rat that I could summon. Oh, that's I right, you really, had, right I, off the bat, you had familiars you could Yeah, I had a, I had a wolf, which was my companion, who's always with me, and I rename, you can rename them, and you can choose how they level up. Like, I was getting abilities for him when I was, as oh, part wow. of my leveling progression. That's really cool. So that was pretty cool. I could make him tanky, or make him, I could make him like a tank, or like a rogue, where he's either, when he attacks, he doesn't gain aggro, or he does grab aggro. I could, I was mm-hmm. choosing that, and some other, like how fast he can move, and all kinds of cool stuff. Like, way more... It was way more. It's way more in depth than World of Warcraft's pet training. Yeah, totally. Um, so that was cool. But then I could also summon either another wolf that would be more of a you know uncontrolled uh, AI um, uh, sidekick or a rat. And so the first time I chose the wolf because I just like wolves. Of course, and I had, yeah. But then I couldn't tell which was which. One had a name tag over and one didn't. But <laughs> I was like, all right, I I think I want to just have have them be more diverse so i summoned the rat well the rat looked like the most it was huge it was it was this, gigantic it was the size of like a in table or something yeah and it was hideous and it was comical like its features were it looked like kind of sinister and and so it was it was this, this but like really big round eyes which yeah was like, like this weird um, juxtaposition of almost cute features and, and ugly features yeah it was almost endearing what it did become quite endearing as we played, though, because anytime something would come out of stealth, it would squeak, and you knew that you had to attack it. And it was so cool. And yeah, it, it would home it, right in on it, too. And because we had headphones on, it was pretty much directional. So if I heard it to the left, I'd turn to the left, and sure enough, somebody would come out of stealth, and that rat would be on it. Like, it would not, it was not going to be happy if anybody came out of stealth near it. Because it would immediately go after him, and it's just like, squeak, and it'd take off towards him. And I was like, after a while, I was like, I love this rat. I, don't, I have yeah. this wolf companion that's cool, but it's like way slower as far as realizing what to attack. But the rat was just all over stuff, and I, I, I thought it was pretty cool. You're right. That was a great moment, because we were in this little mini quest where all we were in the Assassins basement. or rogues or something? Yeah, and they would come in. They were predator cloaks. So you could barely see them. Yeah. You had to look close. And the rat would find him every time. He'd <laughs> be like, squeak! And he'd go after him. I was like, I wish I, could re- I wish I could name him. And that one I can only have in dungeons or during like an encounter. Oh, yeah, that was interesting. So I can't have him all the time. Specific to certain areas. Yeah, but man, he's handy. So yeah. I liked the class I chose. Did you like your class that you chose? What, what were you again? You I'm were a bard. A ba- oh yeah, that's right. You're a bard. So far, no. No, not so much. <laughs> no, because... Uh, for whatever reason, and granted, I'm only level 1.2, which we can talk about in a second. Uh, 
But I only have like one or two shots of each of my main bard spells. Oh yeah. And I only I only have like two or three, and so it's like once I use it, following traditional D and D rules, these are pretty much dailies. They're not encounters. Oh wow. Or at wills, they're. You have two shots, and once they're done, you have to leave completely, leave the mission, and and get out. Or. Yeah, that, that's pretty much it. Maybe. Or you have to find a, a shrine that you can sit down and power up. That was another interesting thing is whether you're powering up your life or your mana or equipping an item, there's actually a timer bar. Look, to put armor on takes a while, which is just totally different. But I kind of think it's more it's realistic. Cool. It adds, yeah, I, I agree. It's not like instant gratification. There's something that has to happen. But yeah, I was kind of disappointed being a bard because like, well, granted, I shouldn't be able to spam Fascinate as much as I want to. <laughs> but... It, I couldn't find a lot of context where it would be useful, and just like there were enough major boss battles, like, well, should I use it here? Should I use it here? Because right. I won't you be able to, know use, when it to use it. Mm-hmm. I didn't know when I'd get another chance to refill it, so I just ended up swinging my sword everywhere. Which, fortunately, my bard is a hybrid character who's supposed yeah. to be good with both weapons and music, but not yet have I really done support stuff. Well, it seemed cool. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe you'll get more spells and abilities as you level that are, you know less limited like i can spam heal all day whatever nice that so that spells. would be like an at will ability yeah. essentially yeah i can heal my actually that's right you can actually heal. i can do that too i can that's one of the things i can do at relentlessly will. is heal myself or other people yeah which is kind of cool maybe so, that's a standard power. that's cool there's two of us that can do that yeah because man sometimes it's it's tough but but like i was saying i we just Aside from the icy death thing, there was nothing that was really a challenge in this first run, and that was just so drastic, I, I don't know. What um, I really liked about the dungeons that we went into, though, also, is everything we experienced was pretty compact and concentrated. Yes. A lot of the other games we've played, especially in Star Wars... Oh, where you just go forever without anything yeah, relevant to the quest? Yeah, the map just goes on and on and on. There's multiple yeah. floors, multiple levels. It's like an hour and a half no, excursion. No, the, the pacing, like the size of the levels and the pacing was much more like a module, like in D&D, except yeah. that you're moving through it much faster. So it was kind of like rapid fire, you know. And I really like that. And something else I really liked is that there are booby traps. Oh, yeah. Those and are, puzzle and sequences, and the, and too. Puzzles, the puzzles are cool. Um, and they're, you know, they're different. And I do like the the traps and the booby traps and stuff because it gives the the thieves something, or the rogues or whatever, something to do, finally. Besides yeah. just sneak up on behind people and backstab them or steal their stuff. I mean, it's really useful. And plus, there's a lot of lockpicking. There is, yeah. Um, so, but I really liked some of those puzzles where we had to get, like, the... The floor tiles all switched around. That was like classic D&D stuff for me or whatever. Yeah, there was like a whole bunch of tiles on the floor, and there was an energy source that went through it. And you had to... And there's all these pipes on the tiles, and basically you have to rotate all the tiles so that the energy source can go on a straight line from point A to point B. Yeah. Kind of like a pipe mania game, I guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it was cool, because it, it was... Well, we all realized right off the bat that only one of us should be moving tiles around at <laughs> one time. So we got that sorted out, and we got it going, and it was pretty cool. And then I really liked some of the some of the um, like triggers for events that occur, like 
you had to go to one side and do one lock. Uh, it was like some kind of access panel on a wall. And you had to go all the way around to the other side of this area and do that. And the, all the whole time, there's this like frozen, sur like you're on top of a frozen lake or a frozen surface or something. And when you do the second one, you just see the lake just break up and you see the, the ice turn into blocks and fall through to a, an actual subterranean lake. Yeah. Well, I guess we were already subterranean, but it's even lower. Yeah. And then you jump in there, and you have to swim down under the water to go through a tunnel, and you're running out of oxygen, so you don't have tons of time. It was just cool. Because, like, yeah. in World of Warcraft, when you dive in the water, like, those characters must be, like, phenomenal athletes, because they can hold their breath for, like, five minutes before they drown. Whereas That's these true. guys, it's, like, literally, like, you have 30 seconds mm -hmm. before you start to die. Unless you have a special ring that allows you to... Which some of us had. Underwater. And I, although I had it, I couldn't get it to work. Oh, I didn't even try. Yeah, that would have been cool. But yeah, that was cool. It was. It felt like I was. I felt somewhat. Um, I felt the oppression of the water over me when we had yeah. to dive under that first time. It was risky. Yeah. It was like, oh my gosh, there's not. There's just barely enough time, and if you don't take the straight, straightest point between A and B. You're running out of air. Yeah, so I liked that. I like. Uh, there was a lot I liked about it. I just would love it to be in a in a brand new engine with all those mechanics, you know, and yeah. have like like you say, have the sword, the sword fighting, and the the way the weapons interact with, you know, like the collision boundary stuff. I wish it was way way more new new style than old. But yeah. all that being said, I I ended up like I said, I was I came to love my stupid rat. <laughs> I I enjoyed like the puzzles and I thought, and I liked the narration and like you know you feel you feel you know creeped out by this area or something you know it's like yeah it's kind of creepy or, there was also know. a cool moment I'm not sure if this w was exactly what happened it was the dungeon we were going through with the lizard shaman lizard oh, people uh -huh. shamans and I could have sworn that that narrator and the, what's cool is there's both male and female narrators yeah that that vary it depends on which I think it's random which or you don't know which one you're going to get in the right. that you go into. But I think in that one, that the narrator was not only providing a little of exposition as you go into the entrance or you go into a major room, but when you came upon monsters, the narrator used like a, this is my little monster voice that I'm going to use to actually speak for their, oh yeah, yeah. On their behalf, which is kind of cool. It's just like you're sitting there with a DM. Yeah. And he's yeah. voice acting out the other characters with accents or strange modulations in his voice. And that's what was starting to get to me. I was like, this game, really does have some merit to it it's it's i i certainly am not bored after our first night like i was with the secret world where i was like yeah how do i tell the other guys that <laughs> i really only want to play this one more time and <laughs> so yeah i didn't have that i'm looking forward to tougher um encounters with with our group i think for me what i'm really happy about it and i have to also make the secret world comparison as well is that Within our first session of this game as compared to Secret World, there were a lot of little things that I thought were really neat. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, I really like that little detail. I really like that little detail. And that, those are the types of things that you and Military Scott were pointing out. Yeah. I really like this one moment or this one thing that they did. And so that, I think, bodes well for it. But overall, my vibe was I wasn't really digging it. Mm -hmm. And I I don't think that I, I couldn't have realistically gone into this game thinking it was going to be that similar to a true D&D &D experience, which I have on a regular basis right now. Yeah. Uh, 
there's a lot of the mechanics and there's lots of little touches in there that come from a D&D. Like but the still, 20-sided die that shows up in the lower um, in the right, lower right corner. corner when you do an attack or yeah. something like that. It shows you how how the die roll but is. But you just can't track. No, there's too much going on. <laughs> but, but it's a nice little touch. It's there. There's lots of nice little details, but I still felt that I wasn't really paying attention to the lore. I wasn't paying attention to the quests. I just... If you've played an MMO before, and you've gotten able to just go heads down and let's let's grind through this and get through it, everything else kind of falls away, mm-hmm. and you have those little details that pop out at you, but you're still left with the sum of the parts. And right now, the sum of the parts isn't that great to me because I'm just yeah, I haven't Stockholm syndromed to the presentation. I'm still yeah, yeah. like yeah. kind of bad. We're in the, we're on this tropical island that has snow falling, which I'm sure is tied. But somewhere not, but not piling up yeah it doesn't accumulate at all it's it's coming down quite heavy but it doesn't accumulate and there's this really cheesy 80s sounding tom tom that plays whenever you get into a, a battle sequence oh yeah it's a real cheap synthy sounding tom tom yeah uh and there's just lots of, there's there's plenty of other little details that are just clunky or really dated and i'm still trying to reconcile that there's I think that the game tries to do some of the unpredictable nature that a and d game has right. with the booby traps and stuff, but it's still not totally there. And I don't think it'd be really hard for any game to reproduce that. Absolutely. And so you're left with the mechanics and the core features. So I think what makes it still worthwhile is playing with you guys, of course. Because yeah. everybody's really fun and they're engaged and they, they, everybody tr- tries to have a good time. Um, but my, I think my current concern is that my class is kind of iffy being a bard is not fun yet but you know yeah. at the very beginning but also just the leveling structure is really hard for me to get my head around yeah so me like, too my I level in this game is 25 yeah which is normal for D game i'm my current D game he's like yeah if you get to, to level 20 that means you're max level and then you'll be fighting gods right at right. that point so the way that this mmo tries to address is that is split a given level up into tiers. So it's like yeah. 1.1, 1.2, 1.3, and you get doled out little tiny upgrades, but there's so many choices. And I feel like I could totally biff my character. Oh, that's Because there's class-specific choices and there's general choices. I'm like, I have no idea what to pick here. Right. I don't really know what the consequences are going to be. I don't really know what my current abilities, how they're actually having an impact or not, especially since I don't feel like I can use all of them at, at will. Right, yeah. And so I'm just kind of spamming stuff. I'm just like, uh Just not sure. Presentation really goes a long way for me, and this game has really bad presentation. It does, it's, yeah. Well, it's, it's dated presentation. Yeah, it wasn't bad when it launched, but... So I'm hoping that in our upcoming sessions for me, like you and, and Military Scott, and potentially Southern Scott and uh, Brian, um, that those cool little things will add up more. Yeah. And then we'll have some cool moments yeah i'm hoping it's like that oh too. wow that was awesome let's let's go in the next one right well just to end this segment on a high note um made a list of irritating items about the game <laughs> and um one was that we couldn't play with southern fried scott yet because he had already played and passed some uh, i don't know some kind of milestone that i just couldn't pin down i like how you described it in the notes yeah ephemeral milestone because <laughs> i just didn't get it i couldn't quantify it so yeah, it's, the funny thing was, he's like, where are you guys? Are you in the town? I'm like, we're in the town. Where yeah, are you? where are you? We're all trying to find each we're other. We're trying to figure out how to work. switch instances. We're all Googling and nothing's working. Yeah, all of us try to, like, outsource ourselves onto Google and yeah. try to search. And there was no... I cra- My client crashed the second I did that. 
I crashed so many times whenever really? I did anything. As long as I just played the game, it was fine. But if I tweaked the graphics or if I, you know, shifted in and out of the game, it would crash. It was really weird. Nothing ever, nothing crashes on my computer. So when something does, it's like really weird. Um, but, you know, what did you describe it as? We were operating like an outsourced Indian call center. Hello, I'm currently working on your problems. I hopefully have a solution very, very quickly. <laughs> I am I'm working out of Dallas, beautiful Dallas, Texas. My name is Bob. But <laughs> <laughs> well, it was kind of funny because we had spent two months with Scott perpetually being higher level than us. Oh, we gave him so much crap for it. And but started, he seemed to love it. Like he he seemed to actually think it he was like thrived a, on it. I mean, it was a badge of honor, and he kept himself three levels ahead of us. And then he would have the audacity to be amazed that he was doing more damage. Or able to hold aggro better. Or only getting five experience points. Or, and, yeah, but yet he would curse us because, well, you know, guys, I'm only getting like six experience points for this whole night. And, I'm like, and I've already played this like and two I've already, times. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> okay. That's so finally. I'm sensing, I'm sensing a pattern here for now. I don't know. Well, but anyway. That's why we named this episode Ascension. Right. Is it's because after two months of just dragging us through the muck and Star Wars Old Republic and being the shining example, he's truly ascended to a higher plane. Well, yeah, we... That none of us could ever be on. I expected to see him walk up to us on our first night and be, like, level 25 with, like, <laughs> some kind of, like, golden glowing armor, you know? But like, as it turns out, he was in an alternate dimension. He was in the exact same town. He was. But everybody else there was higher he, level. He was in the they Twilight Zone. They elites. They had better armor. Yeah. Whereas all of us on, on our version, we were the noobs at level one. And so after we like accused him of le- over leveling, it turned out actually it was because he had played previously sometime between now and 2007 and it had gotten a character past some milestone, ephemeral milestone, if you will. <laughs> and he skipped the tutorial. And he skipped the tutorial and now it has put him in the VIP status of gamers, <laughs> the upper echelon. And so... Even though we both started in the same place with level one characters, we can't see him and he can't see us until we pass some similar milestone. <laughs> if, a coming of age, if you will. And at that point... <laughs> yes. Our vision quest will be complete. At that point, yes, we'll uh, be able to, to join with Scott. and When we're really real men. Yeah. Right now we're just pretenders. Yeah, we're just pubescent and... What is? I have to give Scott, Southern Scott, credit. He could have bailed on us. He could have been like, "Oh I don't yeah, know. totally." But he stayed with us the entire time. He was going through the same quests in his privileged player club, and he just listened to us on Skype. And when we would get stuck on things, or we were talking about things, he would he would just randomly pipe in, "Oh, you guys should do this, or you should watch for that." And it was like we had this personal pro tip person. Oh yeah, absolutely. This this voice to just let us know when we were on the right path and when we were. And thank God for that, because I don't know, it was handy. (laughs) I just wish he could have. I wish he could have been playing with us from the beginning. Yeah, it's not the same. It's it's. I would have been super bummed out in his position because it's not fun to get on like, all right, cool, I'm going to play with you guys. Well, actually, no, I'm not. I'm just going to listen to you guys play. So that was really cool. And kind of do the same things. So hopefully we will all be in the same session. Yeah, I really hope so. We play regularly on Monday nights. We are on the Arganesson server. There are no allegiances or alliances 
or whatever you want to call it, factions in this game. Yeah. You just are whatever you are. And I think we're like one or two grades of level one. I don't even know. I think so too. I really thought I, I, meant, I, I was like, okay, I'm logging out, mental note, know what level I am or fraction of a level I am, and also what my name is. And I failed on both accounts because I, I know it's one something, but I don't know and I, the name. I, I yeah. don't know. But so. if you want to join us, there, it should take no time at all to yeah. get to where we're at. Just make a character, go through the opening tutorial, and then you're, we're going to be in the main town, whatever it's called, the town with the snow coming down, the tropical island with the, the Seems s- like it starts with snow. a K, but I can't remember. Yeah. We play uh, on Monday nights at 11 p.m. Eastern Time to about 1 a.m. Eastern Time. And as with all games, this could be a four-week excursion or it could be an eight-week excursion. Yep. We just have to get more into it let us know what you think or if you want to join us or if you have any tips pro we tips love to hear them. Oh, pro tips only really yeah that's what we're used to getting that's right <laughs> on to listener feedback we have lamented for weeks not having Hugh with us and at last Hugh has spoken yeah he wasn't with us at all no in Star Wars Old Republic he was only with us in the secret world for the first two weeks, and he was gone. So we hadn't heard from him in two and a half months. And he's actually like the fourth Scott because we have three people named Scott, and he's he's actually Scottish. Yeah. So we have four Scots when we're fully armed and operational battle stations, but we haven't had that for a while. We've been lacking that key. Is he like Canadian Scottish? Or yeah, he's Canadian. He he lives in Canada, but he's Scottish. Yeah. So we've been missing that key ingredient. Yeah. Somebody and, who can mispronounce router. As Ruter. <laughs> Although he doesn't have a very thick Scottish accent. So no. He's very understandable. He's actually a really great player, too. So yeah. yeah, that's true. That's yeah. why I was kind of bummed he hasn't been with us. So we finally found out what's been going on with him. He sent us an email. And it says, Hello, Channel Massive. I'm not going to do this with an accent because I could even... <laughs> Thanks for the concern. After a brief stay in, ret- in a retreat for game addiction, I have been advised to stay away from all things internet. The compelling gameplay and immersive storyline had me skipping work in order to play as much of the secret world as possible. (laughs) After my son was taken away by social services, my family staged an intervention, and so I managed to persuade at least one person to try the game, but soon after I was taken away by some men in white coats. I hate it when that happens. (laughs) I did install Star Wars The Old Republic, and I got my trooper named not underscore Scott (laughs) to level 8, but the time constraints meant he went no further. I've been enjoying hearing your Star Wars tales. Slightly concerned about the amount of naked dancing going on, but whatever floats your boat. Well, that's mostly military Scott. Well, and me too. Well, but yeah. mostly military Scott. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when Sith are involved. Yeah. Hugh continued, I might try to get started with Dungeons & Dragons Online, but I'm juggling a bunch of things right now, so I'm not sure how far that will go. I am looking forward to a League of Legends side quest at some point. Well, that would be fun. I don't think we've ever played that with you, have we? I don't think we Just, have. Just um, Southern Fred Scott and the Wolf Brothers and the Wolf Brothers and um, Eric and right. Tear once, once yeah. Although Hugh does credit us with also getting them addicted. To Another <laughs> channel massive induced addiction. And, and, and something while we're on these, we tangents. haven't pitched cigarettes or caffeinated no, beverages yet. We'll have to get to that later. Yeah. Hilgi Scott is not with us in Dungeons and Dragons Online. He decided to bow out of this one because yep. he he said, "I quote." Too many games. Yeah, just too many games. 
Needs a break. Which seemed like a strange blanket excuse, but hey, I'm not yeah. going to fault him for it. He was with us in World of Warcraft. And and, and he World is an awesome player. Star Wars Old Republic. He's a great guy. Blast He's to play missed. with. But he might join us in, in a future side quest. I don't know. Has he? Did he play League of Legends with us? I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm not sure either. All right. Yeah. Use email. Wrap it up. I've also thrown in the Warcraft towel and unsubscribed. You guys mentioned doing some higher level content later on, so if no one wants, you guys can quote unquote borrow my account. I have some higher level tunes you can move around. Oh, cool. You. Which means he won't join us if we do higher level content. Well, maybe he will. Maybe It'll he will. just see where he, he is with his recovery program. Yeah. His 13 step program. I have to admit, when I first read that, I was like, is this for real? And then you're like, oh, no. <laughs> because we've heard stories of people. Oh, yeah, we had a guy on. Yeah. Issues. I'm yeah. Like, Gosh, I really hope this doesn't happen. This sounds really traumatic. Yeah. But I don't, I don't think so. Me neither. <laughs> but Hugh, thank you very much for letting us know what's going on with you. You are definitely missed, and hopefully we'll see you in DDO. Yeah. Maybe on Monday. And there are definitely in the future going to be some additional side quests. I have been hankering to play League of Legends. Yep. And also, Military Scott is proposing a Planet Side Two excursion, which I have wanted to try also for a long time. That would time. be fun, especially with with our group. Yeah, and just to be able to, I mean, it would be the purest form of what we were doing in our last night of Star Wars Old Republic, just yeah. running around and killing as much as we can. Killing everything and sneaking around buildings, and yeah, it'd be fun. Yeah, I'm, so th- I'd like to do that. Those are something that we will keep everybody apprised of in our Twitter and on the show when that's going to come up. I probably can't say it'll be sooner than a few weeks at most, right. or at, at least a few weeks away before yep. we get into that. So next time... We will be playing on Monday night Dungeons and Dragons online. Arganesson, 11 p.m. We hope that we see you there. Yeah. If not, we will also have news that we'll be talking about. We'll be having all our E3 reactions next week. And we're also still game for playing World of Warcraft with our Pandarans. We're also on going adventures to Star Wars Old Republic. We're very attached to both of those games. I know. Yeah, I've been missing that game. So if anybody wants to talk about saying an ad hoc session of that outside of my name, yeah, absolutely. Just email us. Yeah, at mail. M-A-I-L. Channelmassive.com, or you can also tweet us. We'd love to hear from you. We hope you like this new, fresh take on the Channel Massive format and our stories in Dungeons & Dragons Online. We'll be back next week.